All right, we're in the last week of a series called Zip It. And I got to be honest with you, I've enjoyed this series because it's been a long time since we've done a series that has angered the people of Action Church so much. Holy smokes, we have hit a nerve with Zip It. And the funny thing is we hit a nerve in week one when we talked about gossip. I've just learned over the years, when you get that bent out of shape over a message that is taught to a large crowd of people, and you think you're being singled out, I'm not a Bible scholar and I don't play one on television, but we call that conviction. So you can get mad at the messenger, but it don't change the message. Man, I've loved this series. You know, it, it, there's one of the benefits of being a preacher, and most preachers will never admit this to you, is you just get to make people angry every now and then. And we kind of lose that at Action Church because, man, we're the chilled, laid-back place, and you guys don't get angry, so I've kind of enjoyed that. Uh, but we're in the last week of that series. Starting a new series next week, I have decided to enter the political arena. And I'm running a campaign called Just Love 2020 next week. Month. We're going to be preaching that series, a.k.a. the Kylie Blankenship Needs to Hear It series. We're going to be talking about how to love people you disagree with, how to love people you want to punch in the face, how to love people that have hurt you, how just to love, man, because this book is all about love. And we have such a minuscule definition of love. I mean, you've heard me say this a thousand times, love's the same word that we use to tell our wife, man, I love you. And then we sit down and eat pizza and we're like, man, I love pizza. You know, I mean, it's just a word that can have a lot of different meanings, but man, that's next week and I don't want to get ahead of myself. Over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about gossip. We've talked about criticism from an angle that we've never talked about it before. We've talked about how to deal with criticism, but we've never addressed how not to be critical. We've talked about complaining. And in about 23 years of preaching, it occurred to me this week as I began to prepare for this message, I have all my messages, all seven of them. As y'all like to say, I only have seven messages. I just put different skin on them. I have them all lined in my computer, and I can type in a word to go back and hear previous messages and just kind of get some ideas. And so I typed in this subject this week, and I've never taught on this subject. I've brought it up as points and sermons, But I've never devoted a whole sermon to this subject. And I want to give a disclaimer before I preach it, especially if you're new today. I wrote this sermon on Monday. It was a very busy week for me. I have operated right now this morning. You're getting Gary on about 90 minutes of sleep. As I looked at my notes this morning, I remembered none of it. So there's a real good chance you're going to walk away here today with either the greatest sermon ever or it's going to make zero sense today. But either way, we're going to claim the promise where God says his word will not return void. And today we're going to be talking about the subject of lying. We're in a series called Zip It, talking about the things that come out of our mouth. Gossip comes out of our mouth. Complaining comes out of our mouth. Criticism comes out of our mouth. And like it or not, lies come out of our mouth. How many of you would be honest today? I know it's church and it's hard to find people that are honest in church. 
But you'd be honest and say in the last 24 hours, you've told a lie. Raise your hands, raise your hands. All right, leave them up, leave them up. In the last 24 hours, you've told a lie. Now look around. Chances are real good those with their hands down, according to stats, are lying right now. (laughs) You said, well, you're the preacher. Have you told a lie? Well, it's possible. For example, last night I was hired by the mill to put on an event. The developers couldn't be there, and we told them there'd be about 800 people there. And as they began to text me asking what the crowd was, is the crowd good? I was like, yeah. Man, we hit our goal. Yeah, about 800. I didn't want to tell them we were at about 2,200. And that the lines for the bathrooms and the food trucks were about two hours long. And there was a lot of drunk people. And we were diffusing situations. And I might have seen one or two people actually urinating in the woods. So you say, well, is that really lying? Yeah, it's lying. But it was also kind of, hey, we'll address all the truth on Monday. Let's not worry about it on a Saturday night when we can't do anything about it. Lies in the last 24 hours. Studies show that a person lies on average four times a day. Four times a day. Most of the time, those lies, especially for men, come when the wife puts on her outfit for the morning. Honey, does this make me look fat? Does this look good on me? You look beautiful, honey. They say that 60% of people, check this out, this blew my mind, UMass did a study. 60% of people cannot meet a new person and go 10 minutes without telling a lie. That's why today's sermon will be nine minutes long. (laughs) Bible says in Proverbs 12, check it out, the Lord detests lying lips. But he delights in people who are trustworthy. The Lord detests when we lie. But he rejoices, he delights, he finds pleasure when we tell the truth. I I always find it interesting, the words that are chosen in the Bible. The Holy Spirit led those who wrote the Bible. The words were specific. And so one of the things I like to do, though I don't necessarily do it on a Sunday morning, I like to break down the words to their original meaning because just like I talked about the word love, the English language is not a very descriptive language. It's just not a, it's not a descriptive, in-detail language. If you go to other parts of the world, they'll tell you the English language is quite simple. So when I see something like the Lord detests lying lips, I really want to get to the root of what that word means in the original language. In the Hebrew, the Hebrew was a very descriptive language. And it comes from a root word that literally means disgusting. The Lord finds lying disgusting. It means an abomination. It's it's literally an abomination to God. It means something that makes someone want to vomit. That's how the Lord looks at lying. It it turns his stomach. It it makes him sick. He he detests lying lips. And yet, according to studies, we lie on average of four times a day. We disguise those as white lies. 
trying to keep the peace lies, insignificant lies. We have a generation growing up who think they can do anything because no one ever told them the truth. Hey, you can't sing. I love you. And I'm so glad that you're talented and want to pursue yours, but you really can't sing. You're just not very good at it. (laughs) The Bible says in Ephesians 4, when you heard about Christ, this is a rich text right here, when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him with accordance to the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. It said when the truth of Christ comes in you, Christ is truth, and we'll look at that in a little bit. The Bible says you'll know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There's freedom in the truth. Jesus is truth. There's freedom in Jesus, the truth. When you're taught the truth, you begin to put off your former way of life, that corruptible life, that deceitful desires. The truth is you're made new in the attitude of your mind and you put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness. The Bible says when we're taught truth, change begins to happen in our life. We no longer are what we used to be. Someone recently asked me about the faith of someone I know. And I know why they asked. Chances are they asked because this person is a rough person around the neck person. And if you saw them, you would question, because I do it daily, (laughs) whether or not they're walking in Christ. But I had to look at them and said, you've just met that individual. That's the new self. (laughs) I get the new self is scary, trust me. But you didn't know the old self seven years ago. You didn't know the old self that was toting through the parking lot with a gun and going to blow somebody's car up on a Sunday morning. You know the new self. He's just loud now. Christ begins to change us, and the change occurs different in all of us. And Some of us have a lot more edges to knock off, but when we're taught the truth, it's impossible for the new self not to take over for the old self. (laughs) Bible says God hates lying lips. I heard an old preacher one time say, you're never more like the devil than when you're telling lies. It's a pretty strong statement. He, He said it a little bit different. He was a Southern Baptist preacher. He was old and you couldn't understand. Anybody ever grow up in a church? I don't know what you call them. I don't mean any disrespect by saying this. But we call them wind-sucking preachers. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when I talk about a wind-sucking preacher? Like they, I can't, I literally can't even do it. It's kind of like, you're never more. And they do this breathing thing that comes in and somehow without missing, I go to do it and start to choke. Somehow they can do it and then come right back up and turn like a one syllable word into like four syllables. It's a great gift. Like I wish I could preach like that. You're never more like, the, I, I literally can't do it. I start choking up here. 
It's amazing. If you've never beheld the awesomeness of the small country southern preacher, you have just, you're missed out on it. one of the great exhibits of the wildlife of our country. It's amazing. It's amazing. But you're never more like the devil than when you're telling lies. Because Satan is lies. If Jesus is truth, and truth sets you free, then the opposite of truth is what? Lies. The opposite of God is what? The devil. The opposite of freedom is what? Check it out, bondage. The devil, at his essence, at his core, is lies. Look what the Bible says. You, this is Jesus talking here. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. If you're not holding to the truth, what are you holding to? Lies. For there is no truth in him. If Satan's speaking, it's a lie. And oh, let me tell you, it's a glorious lie. It's a sharp lie. I like to call it, man, I hate doing this because I'm sure there's one out here and I'm not trying to be offensive to your profession. It's like that used car salesman lie. Like you know they're not telling you necessarily the truth, but you don't care because it sounds so good. Zero percent interest for the next five years. That sounds amazing. It's like free money. But somehow, at the end of the five years, the 30,000 car costs $45,000. You just can't figure it out. Some slick lies, some slick willy lies, man. The devil's slick. He came to Adam and Eve and said, man, you can be like God. Why did he tell you not to eat that fruit? Man, that, that other life you're dreaming about, that life's good. That guy you're running around with, that's good. He never gripes about the dirty house. He's never in your house. Man, she never gripes about your dirty underwear on the floor and your socks on the floor. She ain't seen your dirty underwear. When you sneak off of her, you wear clean ones. He's slick, boy. Makes, it, makes the lie look good. Not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. But check this out. This is, to me, it's just one of the coolest phrases in the Bible because it's so simple, but it's so profound. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue. I've learned a lot about native tongue over the last few years. I live in a very predominantly Spanish part of town. And I talk to my neighbors and they speak very broken English, and you can see they try, and they like talking with me because I get to work on their English. But what's amazing, anytime they're in a situation where things are stressful or maybe they're running on emotion, no matter how hard they try to speak in English, they automatically revert back to their native tongue. They, they revert back to Spanish. The native tongue of Satan is a lie. He speaks lies, that's his language, for he is a liar, and not only is he a liar, he's the father of lies. You're never more like the devil when you're lying. 
Because Satan at his core is a lie. Think about it. If it feels good, do it. Logically, that makes sense. If it feels good, do it. What a lie. If he came with crazy lies and said, if it feels good, you're going to become an addict who loses everything and destroys your marriage and your kids and your finances and everything, we would be not so inclined to do it. But if it feels good, do it. How about this lie? You, you deserve it. You deserve it. You work hard. Yes, you work hard and you only make $30,000 a year. Nothing wrong with $30,000 a year. But you deserve that $70,000 truck. Who cares that you can't afford it? Who cares that the payment's more than your house payment? Who cares that you only drive five miles to work every day? You deserve to look good for those five miles. The lies always sound great. If they didn't sound great, we we wouldn't buy into them. Man, you're never more like the devil than when you're lying. And perhaps that's why God hates lying so much. The Bible says he detests lying. The Bible says lying makes him sick because it reminds him of the enemy. It reminds him of his spiritual. It reminds him of the great deceiver, the prince of darkness. His number one weapon is to lie. God detests lies because it reminds him of Satan. I want to show you briefly Satan's plan for lying. What I believe Satan's plan, according to the Bible, is to get us to kind of soften our lies, to find lies acceptable. Because, man, we are in the season of lies. It's political season. I don't care if they're blue. I don't care if they're red. I don't care if they're orange, green, purple. Wherever they stand on the spectrum, chances are they're lying. They might not even realize they're lying. That's the amazing thing about lies sometimes. We get so used to lying that we don't call them lies. We call it embellishing the story. Exaggerating the story. But at its core, we're just a liar. And God detests lies. We can't trust a liar. How many lies do you got to tell to be a liar? One. I believe Satan wants, number one, to get you lying. He wants to get you lying. He introduces it subtly as a baby. Baby gets hungry. Let's just be honest. Baby lies. Like you crying like you're about to die. You just got fed 30 minutes ago. But guess what they learn by that? They pitch a fit, they get what they want. We got this little puppy in our house. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to confess some things to you. We have two big dogs that I always thought, man, I'm a big dogs. 
I hate these dogs because they don't like me. My wife said, Emily wants this little puppy. I don't even know what it's called. What's it called, Misty? A little stupid dog is what it's called. <laughs> little stupid dog comes to the house. Little stupid dog loves me. I love little stupid dog. Like, little stupid dog lays in my lap, and like, little stupid dog plays fetch for like two and three hours, and little stupid dog is cool. It doesn't shed. But like, I'm a little embarrassed of little stupid dog, so I won't take it out in public because it's like little stupid dog. But like, I dig little stupid dog. But little stupid dog has learned something. If she whines long enough in her crate, and makes us think she has to go to the bathroom, she gets out of her crate. Even though she just went to the bathroom five minutes ago because she's a little stupid dog, she doesn't realize that we realize you just went to the bathroom five minutes ago. You've had no food or water, and you don't have to go to the bathroom again. But she's learned. Lying gets Gary to do whatever I want it to do because Gary is a sucker for little stupid dogs. <laughs> like, I can become the guy at 44 that's like, little dog, he's got a bow in her hair. She's got a bow. So cute. Like, little stupid dog has clothes. And I take all these pictures of little stupid dog, and I'm going to put my, I'm not posting this, but it's in my phone. I get to enjoy it. And then little stupid dog has not only won, just like a freaking woman, has not won me over, now my father-in-law, big, bad, burly biker, cussed everyone out, almost beat a guy up last night at the 80s party, a handicapped guy in a wheelchair. And my, in his defense, I almost beat the guy up too. And um, calls now on Fridays on the weekends like, hey, can I come pick up? He doesn't call it little stupid dog. Can I come pick up little stupid dog? Then lies to his wife. Hey, they wanted me to come get the dog. They just needed a break. <laughs> little stupid dog has power. <laughs> because it's learned that even though it is evil, because it's very close to a cat, <laughs> it's learned that it gets what it wants. That's Satan's plan. Put that point back up there, Joe or Xander, whoever's running that, please. Satan wants to get us comfortable lying. Lying just becomes easier. As a foundation, Satan just wants us speaking that native language. And by getting you to lie, it's not always a bold-faced lie. Sometimes it's just an exaggeration. Just an exaggeration. Just something as simple as embellishing the story to make ourselves look just a little bit better. It could be something simple. Teenager, like cheating on a test. That's lying. Lying about where you are. <laughs> telling a partial truth. You're not telling everything, but you're not telling everything. <laughs> you know, I, this person came up to me and I told him, you can't talk to me that way. And if you talk to me this way, blah, 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 blah. I'm the king of this. 
I tell Christ, I ran this person, they made me so mad. I said, but, and then Christian's like, well, why would you talk to them that way? I'm like, well, I didn't really talk to them that way, but in my head I did. In my head, I, did. I just lied. I'm not trying to lie, but insecurity sets in, and why do we lie? We lie to make ourselves look better. Man, how, how's the hustle? Man, killing it. Killing it. You ain't killing nothing. Let's be honest, you ain't killing nothing. You can't even pay the bills. But instead of being truthful about it, we exaggerate, we lie, we begin to play that foundation. And because we're lying, we can't grow. I've got a friend of mine who's probably the sharpest, most respected promoter in the state of Georgia. Like, it's put on huge events. People know from all over. And he, he loves me. He's taking me under his wing. And he'll call me like, how's the event going? That's going awesome. Blah, 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 blah. He said, okay, that sounds great. Now, tell me how the event's really going. And it's not going bad, but he wants details. Why? Because if I give him honest details, he can be honest in his mentoring of me to make it even better. He was there last night. He said, this is incredible. Great crowd. I said, great crowd. He said, how's it going, though? I said, it's going pretty smooth. He said, now, be honest with me. I said, it's going real smooth, and it's all luck that it's going real smooth because this could be a disaster. He said, you're right. He goes, let's talk this week about how we can make sure it doesn't have the potential to be a disaster the next time. See, we rob ourselves by lying or not being truthful because we can't grow. Satan just wants to get it in us just to be a lie. It's exaggerating. It's amazing because of spiritual warfare, we revert simply back to speaking the native language. I'll give you an example. I recently had a group of friends ask us to go out. The simple truth was this. I was tired. I didn't want to go out. All I had to do was tell my friends, man, it's been a long week. I'm tired. I don't want to go out. Guess what my friends would have said? That's what happens when you get old. Cool, I get it. Instead, I came up with this elaborate story of why I was so busy I couldn't go out. Seems harmless enough until about three weeks later, my friends, being good friends, hey, man, how'd that situation work out? Well, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what situation? Forgot a lot. The situation happened three weeks ago why you couldn't go out. Oh, it's fine. Listen, you ever had someone look at you and you're like, they know you're lying? I, like, I felt stupid. I didn't even need to lie about the situation. I could have just told the truth. They wouldn't have cared. I'm tired. I'm fat. I'm 44. I work a lot. I got 732 kids and two big dogs and one stupid dumb dog. I get it. I'm tired. It's okay. But I felt this need instead of, in my mind, Disrespecting them by saying, oh, I'm just tired. I had to come up with an elaborate story of why I couldn't go out. And here's the thing. Didn't think twice about it. Because Satan just wants you to get you used to white lies. Little fibs. Just little things that we think are harmless. The problem is, though, just like any sin... Here you're saying sin's a lie? I mean, you're saying lying's a sin? Yeah. It always escalates and gets bigger and bigger and bigger 
and bigger. Nobody who's ever lost anything on hardcore drugs started hardcore drugs. I've never met an alcoholic who decided, day one, boom, I'm an alcoholic. 24-7, I'm drinking, losing everything, I'm an alcoholic, bam. Starts with a simple drink, starts with this, they lose control of it. Just coming in at that entry level, Satan wants to get us, this is part of his plan, to get us comfortable. I'm laying out this plan because I'm going to tell you how we deal with it at the end. Then the second thing is, after it becomes native to us, I believe Satan gets us to lie to ourselves. This is so much kid. I'm going to give you some very intimate details of my life here for a minute. This is huge. Because once you lie to yourself, you'll lie to anybody. Anybody. He gets you to lie to yourself. Not, not just to others, but to yourself. You start rationalizing your lies. Sometimes you even double down on your lies. Does anybody remember this? Does anybody remember back in the day? Golly, I don't, no one's going to remember this. But on Saturday mornings, you had Saturday morning cartoons. Remember Saturday morning cartoons? Well, do you remember they used to have these little PSA, public service announcement commercials? Like they had the little Constitution guy that would come out. He was Mr. Constitution, he would sing. Well, they also had one about lying. You just, it's weird how you remember certain things in your head. I'm sure no one remembers this. But they had this little ditty, little ditty about Jack and Diane. Had this little ditty. And it went just like this. If you tell one lie, it leads to another. Then you tell two lies to cover up another. Then you tell three lies. Oh, my. Like, I still remember that. I'm 44 years old. I remember that from when I was like six or seven years old. I know no one else remembers that. Maybe I dreamed it on some great drugs one night. I don't know. But, like, I remember that. That's what happens. We double down our lies. That was a lie, too. Uh, there was, it was not good drugs or bad drugs. There was no drugs. Okay? Everybody on TV, I promise. Listen. We just start doubling down because we're lying to ourselves. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Oh, married people, how about this? I just didn't feel like fighting tonight. It was worth it. It was worth it. I, what I lied about, I wasn't doing anything wrong to begin with. It just wasn't worth it. We double down. We rationalize our lies. I can quit. I'm not hurting anybody with my lies. I can quit, you know. That's what King David did in the Old Testament. Remember when King David went up on the roof and saw the woman bathing and had an affair with her? Then she got pregnant. And then to cover up his affair, he brought her husband in, hoping her husband would have sex with her and be like, boom, hey, I'm pregnant because of your husband. And the husband was such a righteous man. Everybody else was at war. He wouldn't even go into the house. He stayed outside the house and stayed there. So then David being the great leader he was, the great man at this time, sent him back with a letter and said, take this to the general. And when the general opened up the letter, he said, put him on the front line where he dies. They had to kill him where he could come in, marry Bathsheba, and make it all look great. A lot of lies going on there. And, and then the prophet Nathan came to him. Man, prophets were pimps back in the days. Man, they would just lay out the smack on them, man. He came to them and said, I got a story for you, buddy. Used to be this rich guy had all these sheep had so many sheep, he didn't know what to do with them. He was wealthy. But his neighbor was this poor guy that only had one sheep. And the sheep, man, they loved that sheep. And that sheep became like a pet to him. And, man, they cherished that sheep because they only had the one. 
But this visitor came into town one time, and the rich man had to feed the visitor. Instead of killing one of his multitude of sheep, he went and killed the neighbor's one sheep. And David got furious and was like, oh, this person should be put to death. And Nathan looked at him and said, hey, big guy, that's you. You could have had any woman in the world you wanted. You're the king. And you took this dude's wife. You killed this dude. You begin to live the lie. You begin to believe the lie. You begin to rationalize the lie. You deceived yourself. You're speaking apart from God's truth. I remember when I lost everything at 33 years age, over and over and over and over, sort of get... And everybody, the big thing everybody was hurt with, they said, you know what hurts me the most? I'm like, well, I didn't know it was about you, but what hurts you the most? That you lied to me. Over and over and over. And I got to the point where I started answering that question. Yeah, I did lie to you. And how arrogant of you to think I wouldn't lie to you. And they're like, what? Huh? I said, I was lying to myself. So you think if I'm going to lie to myself, I won't lie to you? The height of my sin, I justified it. Look at all that I'm doing for God. He knows this area of my life's not good. He lets me do this. Justification. We lie to ourselves. It's part of the plan. You get comfortable lying. Then we lie to ourselves because if we lie to ourselves, we'll lie to anybody. Somebody say, man, that's good preaching. No, we got kids running around everywhere. That's cool. Welcome to COVID. I love the kids running around. Six months ago, I'd have hated it. But focus up here, not on the cute little kids. I can't compete with cute kids. I can't compete with ugly kids. Let's be honest, they're kids. <laughs> Satan gets us lying to ourselves. I'm going to try to get this done real quick. Hey, for those parents that bring your kids, man, don't you ever feel awkward. I'm glad you're here. I get it, man. We can't run the kids' area right now because of COVID. Man, kids are never a nuisance around here. The Bible talks a lot about the power of children. If all we can do, man, yeah, don't let anybody stare them down. Now, listen, let me make this clear. When we start the kids' area back, you stare them down if the kids are in here being disruptive, all right? <laughs> right now, man, it just is what it is. I'm just glad we get together. Hey, number three, Satan gets us to live a life aligned. He gets us comfortable with it. Gets us lying to ourselves. I got this. I, I can quit any time I want. I used to smoke. Is <laughs> that weird? I used to smoke. And I used to always say, I can quit any time I want. Staying quit's the problem. I quit smoking a bunch. Like smokers. Now listen, I didn't smoke long, about two years. But smokers. How many times have you thrown your cigarettes out the window? because you're done. Don't lie, because I did it. You go back to the side of the road looking for the cigarettes you threw out the window, because, man, you're like, I got to find those cigarettes. Man, I don't want to go buy new ones. Well, we lie to ourselves. We can quit anytime we want to. I got this under control. No, you don't, you idiot. You don't. Everyone else sees your life falling apart, and you're lying to yourself. You're never more like the devil than when you're lying. You're never going to be, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. You're never going to be set free till you experience the truth. The truth comes from Christ. Number three, listen, listen, I got to get back to it. Satan gets us to live a life of lying. 
to claim one thing. Hello, church. But to be something totally different. We call that hypocrisy in the church. That's a fancy word for lying. Boy, he's got it all together. She's got it all together. No, they got it all together for an hour on Sunday morning. Look at that perfect family. That perfect family that was about to kill each other when they pulled in the parking lot, and then they went through the miraculous force field of the parking lot. And <laughs> Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. How you doing, brother? It's great. It's great. <laughs> Social media has made us live a lie better than ever. Everybody's life is fantastic. Date night. Even the picture's a lie. You take it from up here to look skinny. We know your secrets. I do it too. You ain't going to find a picture of me with three chins. I got three chins. Up like this, and the day they go away. We lie. I can't, I'm not even trying to be funny. Someone came to me a few weeks ago at my market and was like, hey, Bob, I'm so-and-so. And the name sounded familiar. I was like, man, how do I know you? Oh, we're friends on Facebook. I was like, are we? I couldn't remember. So I remember the name. I went later on and looked at him. I was like, oh, that must have been the unfiltered version I met. Because they look nothing like the version on Facebook. I would have never known that was them. Living a lie. You say, but Gary, that's minuscule. It's lying. It's lying. One of the ways we come, I'm getting ahead of myself. One of the reasons we got to find out why we lie is you got to get to the root of the issue. The root of the issue for many people is you're insecure. You're unhappy with yourself. So instead of doing the work to improve yourself, <laughs> because we're lazy, undisciplined people who live in a world where everyone takes a shortcut? We lie. We fake it till we make it. We justify it. The problem is when you're faking it, you never make it. Mm, I'm ahead of myself. We're still on point three. To claim one thing, but to be something entirely different. He's the perfect husband. He's probably a good husband. I'm sure there's a lot of good qualities to him. He's also a raging porn addict. You don't know about that because he can do that in the privacy of his home. He's living a lie. Man, she's just got together. Man, she's a superstar. Look, man, she works a full-time job and does this, and she does. She ain't slept in four days, though, because she's strung out on uppers to do all the stuff that she has to do to make you believe she's superwoman. Afraid people won't like her if she was to be honest about her struggles. One thing I always swore as the pastors of this church is you might not like me on Sunday, but you're going to get the same person on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm a loud jerk all the time.
Someone told me last night, I need to come check out your church. I just can't imagine you when you have your pastor hat on. I said, I don't have a pastor hat. What do you mean? I said, I'm just like this. She said, huh? I said, I don't do fake. Oh, fake. That's another fancy word for lying. We begin to live a life. And here's the problem. We never get any better. Because instead of being honest about our anxiety, being honest about our depression, being honest about the fact that maybe we don't have the best marriage, we lie to everyone, and everyone thinks we have it all together. Therefore, we can't allow ourselves to be teachable or God to ascend mentors in our life who are ahead of us on our walk because so that means we have to be honest and let people know we're not perfect. That's why Satan wants us lying because you cannot grow when you're lying. Bubba, will you do me a favor? If you'll go through that thing in there to the left is a freezer that is on the fritz. You hit the alarm button, and the alarm button goes off. Welcome to ghetto church. <laughs> Where the freezers don't work in the food pantry, and you got to reset them all the time. <laughs> Man, so many of us lie about our faith. Billy Graham says the greatest mission, Billy Graham said, the greatest mission field in all of the world is every Sunday morning in the church. A bunch of people who've lied to themselves, and this is the scary part. I'm going to talk to you real quick. This is the scary part. They have lied to themselves about whether or not they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They think they're saved. They think they're born again. They think they're a Christian because they attend church on Sunday. That would make it a work-based salvation instead of a grace-based salvation. So what do you mean, Gary? It means because you come to church, God saves you. That's not how it works. And if it did work like that, I'm sure Action Church would be exempt from that rule, so you'd be messed up. God, that applies to everybody but them crazy people down there in camp. We think if our good deeds outweigh our bad deeds, we're good. We think if we give to the church... We're good to go. There's a lot of people in the church that think they have a relationship with Jesus Christ based on their religion, their religion of works, instead of a personal relationship with Christ. And Satan loves that. He's got you believing a lie. Our relationship with Christ has nothing to do with what we do. Has everything to do with what he did on the cross. He paid the price for our sins. But we lie to ourselves, and that's scary. Because that lie has eternal consequences. Bible says in 1 John, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. Does that mean we're going to be perfect? No, no, no. It doesn't mean it's we're perfect. But what it means is, is when you have a true relationship with Christ, you have a desire to live out a life of truth. And when you don't live out that life of truth, this amazing thing called conviction 
sets in. It's the Holy Spirit of God letting us know that what we're doing isn't wrong. So how do we overcome that? We got to get to the root of the issue. The root of the issue. The root of the issue is different for all of us. For me, I can tell you why I lie, why I exaggerate, why I embellish. We've got to get to that root issue. Here's why. I'm very self-centered in my lies. So my lies are going to be lies that make me look better. It's not enough to have 600 people at a show. I got to get them like, it's the biggest show ever in the state of Georgia. It's got to make me look good. It's not enough to have 2,200 people at the mill. I got to get up and be like, it's the biggest event they've ever done. Now, God forbid, they've only been open four months. (laughs) Four months. But it's the biggest event they've ever had. That was going to make me look good in my life. So you got to get to the root of the issue in your life. But really, at the end of the day, all of our lives, the root issue is simply this. You ready? We don't completely trust God. We don't completely trust God. So we have to lie. We don't trust God with our careers. We don't trust God with our successes. We don't trust God with our purposes. We don't trust God with our issues. We don't trust God to be in control. So we lie and put everything in our hands. We believe that the lie, don't miss this, don't miss this. We believe the lie is better than the truth God's given us. Because a lie from the church that the church has taught forever is that when you enter into a relationship with Christ that everything's great. With all due respect to some of our TV preachers, when you enter into a relationship with Christ, everything is not, hey, let's start today's sermon with a little funny joke. And there was unicorns going through a sunflower field. And when you meet Jesus, everything is perfect. And he wants to prosper you and give you a Rolls Royce and all the money in the world. And that's just God. Ain't that good? That's a lie. The Bible says in this world you'll have trouble. Anybody that tells you the day you enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ, all your troubles go away, has never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's still rough. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up in a fiery furnace trusting God. Daniel ended up in a lion's den following God. People say, the the will of God is the safest place you can be. No, No, it's dangerous. But it's the greatest place you can be when you learn to trust God fully. It's amazing. We got to get to the root of the issue, though. The root of the issue is you don't trust God. So what do we do? What do we do? Simple. We confess our faults to God. We ask for forgiveness. We ask to trust him. And we confess our faults to each other because that's called accountability. When you know that I struggle in an issue or in an area that I'm not covering up, you don't come along and judge me. You come along and walk through it with me. We go to God. If we confess our sins, Lying's a sin. No matter why we're lying, it's a sin. He's faithful and he's just and forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God, what is, forgive me, what is it in my life, man, that makes me feel like I just got to tweak the truth a little bit? What insecurity do I have? What 
trust issue do I have? Forgive me. Then you've got to find someone in your life. If you don't got someone in your life you can roll with and let them know everything and there's no condemnation and there's no judgment, there might be a little shock, especially if you're that person in my life. You need that, and I, you've heard me use this illustration a thousand times, you need that fireman accountability. Anybody here ever been a fireman? Kylie was, anybody else? Anybody know a fireman? Here, so what, what the church teaches is, is you're accountable to someone. I'm accountable to Tim. I'm accountable to Tim. I go to Tim, I confess, blah, 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 blah. No. Fireman accountability is I'm not accountable to someone. I'm accountable for someone. So what that means is Tim and I go into a fire because they always send them in in twos. And I do something stupid, dumb, dangerous that puts our lives in danger. Even though I'm at fault, even though it was dumb, even though it was dangerous, Tim was accountable for me. He's not leaving that fire without me. Now, when we get outside the fire, he's going to be like, you stupid idiot, that was dangerous, it was dumb. He might punch me in the face and knock me out. But he's going to get me out of the fire. You've got to have somebody in your life that you're accountable for. And you've got to have somebody in your life that's accountable for you. Paul had Barnabas who mentored him. But he learned and returned that to Silas and Timothy. Someone ahead of you, someone behind you. You've got to go to God with your line and get forgiveness. You've got to have accountability. The Bible says this. Therefore, confess your sins to who? To each other. Why? That you can be healed. It's not that they have the magic power to heal you. It's not that. It's not that. But they can walk with you. Work on that area that you felt like you needed to lie in the first place. I got to wrap this up. The Bible says this in John 8, 20, 32. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Lying is a weight. It's a burden. Even a small little fib, because you never know when you're going to get caught with it. There's some of you out there today, first of all, you need to zip it and quit lying. But some of you are carrying around a lie. Confess and get accountability. It's the only way you'll get set free of that lie. I had someone one time, I don't want to get into that, never mind. Now it opens up too many cans because of theory I don't know what to answer to. Lying. It affects us in so many ways. And I get it. Some of you think, Gary, I just think you're making a big deal out of nothing on some of these little lies. Yeah. And that's what Satan wants you to think. Because it's those little lies that are covering up your root issues that are affecting you from being all you can be. Insecurity, anxiety, depression, whatever, you're covering them up. Instead of having the truth that can set you free.